Welcome to the Women's Bible Study Studio. Today we're going to take a look at trusting Jesus. We're going to study in the Bible what it means to trust Jesus. Jesus tells us to trust him throughout his word. The book of Psalms tells us not to put our trust in the princes of men or in horses or in chariots. Horses and chariots and the princes of men have strength. They have a physical strength and an earthly strength, but we are not to put our trust in them. I just completed a women's Bible study podcast on the women of the Bible. Deborah and Hannah were two women included in the Bible study. A captain of the host whose name was Sisera was also part of this scenario. Sisera was the captain of the host for the army and for uh, the nation of Canaan. Jabin was the king, Sisera was the captain of the army and they had 900 chariots of iron. Well, Israel was faced with this massive army and they had no weapons. So they were faced with a battle with Sisera and Jabin, Jabin's army without weapons. The only hope they had was to trust in God. Psalm 146 tells us, tells us this. I'm going to start reading at verse 1 through the fifth verse. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, that's man's breath, and he returneth to the earth. And in that very day, his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Awesome. We have hope in God. We do not put our trust in men or in any other object or methodology or system or object to bring us victory, to save us, to solve any type of problem trial or tribulation we may encounter. Let's look a little further at what the Bible has to say about our trust. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 22. Isaiah chapter 2 says this. It says, put no more trust in man who has only the breath in his nostrils. Of what account is he? So we say here, God's word says that we can do nothing without him. Let's look at the beginning verses of this chapter. That's Isaiah chapter two. Jerusalem and Judah, 
That's Israel received a word from the Lord through Isaiah. He said, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall say, go and say, come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So we see in this passage that the nation of Israel, that's Jerusalem and Judah, uh, shall be exalted above the hills it says the Lord's house shall be established in the tops of the mountains above all the hills and above all the nations. Um, all the nations shall flow, shall flow to the mountain of the Lord's house. So we see this is a, a position of exaltation. The people of God, the nation of Israel. And it is a a position of power through the spirit of the Lord and a position of authority and a position of great responsibility. And that responsibility is, is unto God. Well, in the same chapter, Israel was admonished to walk in the light of the Lord and to reject influences from the East. So uh, influences such as soothsaying, worship of riches, worship of idols, we know that the worship of idols or to trust in anything other than uh, God is a sin. When we trust in Jesus and follow God, we can be assured that God will keep his promises. God tells us to call upon me and I will answer thee and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. This is Jeremiah 33 and 3. This is a promise that we have from God and we can be assured that he will keep his promise. Psalm 50, 15 tells us uh, something similar. It says, uh, "Call and call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. This is a, a cooperation or a confirmation of what the Lord tells us in Jeremiah 33. He says to call upon him in the day of trouble. So if we encounter any trouble, we encounter any trial, any affliction, we are to go to God in prayer. And I will deliver thee. And I will answer thee, Jeremiah 33 says. So we hear God answering our prayer, delivering us as we call, call upon him to solve our problems. And thou shalt glorify me, Psalm 50, 15 says. So we see this is faith in action. The Bible instructs us to pray to him if we have any trial and he will be faithful to 
deliver us. So we can trust him in any circumstance. Let's see further what the Bible has to say. In James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18, we have instructions from God on prayer. James 5.13 says this, Is any among you afflicted? Well, when I think back about Hannah's uh, predicament or the um, situation Deborah the prophetess and nation, uh, the judge of the nation of Israel faced, um, I'm sure they felt afflicted. They felt as if they needed God's intervention. The Bible says here in James chapter 5, let him pray. While Hannah prayed, and obviously Deborah prayed, she was a prophetess, and her job, her assignment was to disseminate and to communicate to prophesy the word of God to the nation of Israel and also to judge uh, matters for the people. So if they were ex- they were experiencing in, uh, affliction as Hannah did, then God instructs us here to pray. So is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. That's from the book of Psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if any have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Then the scripture in the same chapter goes on to say, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Well, we see here Elias, a man of God. The Bible says here that he was like had like passions as we do. Um, he was subject to the same emotionality, the same uh, the same things that affect our our hearts and our minds, as uh, as Elias. So he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. So we see here Elias praying in faith 
and he received an answer to his prayer, we can do the same. We can pray to God, we can believe God, and we can have our prayers answered by God. We are to pray and have faith in God. We may be tempted to worry or try to figure a way to fix things, but God's word is clear. Uh, Sisera became fearful. He did not want to go into the battle without Deborah. And because of this, God gave the victory to someone else. Although he brought the victory to the nation of Israel for his own purposes, for his own glory. But a woman got the victory. A woman was a person that in the end destroyed Sisera. We may be tempted to worry as Hannah did. Hannah worried, became discontented. She was um, discouraged and upset. She fretted, the Bible says, that's First Samuel. Um, she finally decided to go to God in prayer about the matter. She prayed unto the Lord and the Lord answered her prayer. Well, um, when we are tempted to worry as Hannah did or to figure a way to fix things, we should resist that temptation because God's word is clear. Let's take a look at Mark chapter 11. In this chapter, there are some words that may be familiar to you. Um, let's look at verse 24. And Jesus said, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive. And if you have ought against any, that uh, if if you have ought against any, forgive that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So, um, this is a word from the Lord. So we are to go to God and pray. We are to believe that we receive. And the Bible says we shall have them. That's according to his word. Psalm 28 also gives us a wonderful promise from God to be our strength. A promise from God to be our helper. When we combine the word with faith, we will enter into the rest of God. So further on in the story with Hannah, she decided, as I said before, to go to the house of prayer. They were in Shiloh um, for their yearly visit to Shiloh. And um, she decided to go to the house of prayer. She went to the house of prayer and she uh, told God all about her problem. She was fervent in her prayer. And... Um, she received a confirmation in, in the person of Eli the priest. 
And when she left, her countenance had changed. So we um, see that she entered into the rest of God. So we are to enter into the rest of God. When we mix the word with faith, we enter into his rest. Let's look at Psalm 28 and verse 7. This says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart rejoices, and I will thank him with my song. Have you ever been so grateful to God that you wanted to sing a song to him? That you wanted to let him know how happy your heart is, how merry and how joyful you are just because he is your God, because you know you can trust in him and that he is faithful and that he can be trusted. Well, this passage of scripture tells us that we can do that. When we cast our cares upon the Lord, we find joy and we find relief. The Bible says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. When we do this, we often feel like singing to Jesus. We are prompted to let God know we are, we are grateful and thankful to him. The Bible tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. The Psalms instruct us to bless his holy name. We tell of his marvelous works and his mighty acts. When we tell of how he has delivered us, how he has answered our prayer, how he has solved any problem, what we may consider small, what we may consider great. When we uh, witness to others of his marvelous works, how he answered our prayer, how he uh as I said, solve the problem for us. We are telling people of his marvelous works. We are telling people of his mighty acts, how he delivered us. This is a mighty awesome privilege that we have in knowing Jesus and being people of God. In our previous segment, we have talked about what the Bible says about trusting God. Here in Psalm 118, we find this admonishment again. Psalm 118 verses 8 and 9 tells us, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. People in the Bible who put their trust in God are many. I mentioned Elias or Elijah. Job is uh, another one of those people. Job 13 and 15 says that Job said, Though he slay me, yet I will trust him, but I will maintain my own ways before him. At the end of the book of Job, the scriptures tell us, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. The end account of Job recorded in the book of Job also says, 
So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand she asses. This is uh, a tremendous amount of property which brought Job a tremendous amount of wealth. So we see at the end of the chapter that the Lord restored Job and gave him twice as much as he had before. This took a lot of faith. And if you've read the book of Job, you know that he went through um, a long time of trial and tribulation. And he um, had a lot of conversations with his friends and with God. But in the end, the Lord restored Job. And as I said, uh, blessed him doubly. The book of Matthew um, also chronicles uh, people of faith. The book of Matthew chapter 9 is filled with accounts of people who demonstrated great faith in Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood recorded in the book of Matthew chapter 9 put her trust in Jesus. She dealt with a problem for 12 years and sought many physicians. She saw many doctors and those doctors cost money. So she spent a lot of money on these doctors only to find that Jesus was her physician. That's with a capital P. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned him about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for his mighty acts. This woman demonstrated great faith in Jesus and his power to heal. Just before we read about the woman with the issue of blood, we meet a certain ruler. The scripture calls him, in the book of Mark, chapter 5, Jairus. He was a leader in the Jewish synagogue. His daughter was near death, and he requested Jesus to come and heal her. He said, in Mark, chapter 5, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. So Jairus told this to Jesus. Well, he sent this message. This request demonstrated great faith. The Lord took the girl by the hand, and when the little girl arose, she came back to life, and the fame of her healing went abroad throughout the land. The ruler's faith in Jesus was evident even among the unbelieving crowd, who laughed at Jesus when he told them that the little girl was not dead. She was only sleeping. So we see here, even Jesus was met with scorn, but the girl's life was returned uh, to her. Jesus left there, and uh, two blind men followed him as he was leaving, and they were crying out, Have mercy on us, Jesus! 
They wanted to be healed by Jesus. When Jesus asked them if they believed he could heal them, they answered yes. Then uh, touched he their eyes, the scripture says, and said, according to your faith, be it unto you. That's Matthew 9, 29. Jesus instructed them after healing them and restoring their sight to keep quiet about the restoration of their sight. But they published the news of their healing throughout all the country. So they couldn't keep quiet about what they had just experienced, even though Jesus said, do not say a word. Praise God that we can trust Jesus to keep his word. He told John's disciples to uh, tell John the Baptist when John the Baptist sent his disciples to inquire if Jesus was the Messiah, the one that was foretold, the one who was to come. He told John's disciples to tell John the Baptist that the deaf hear, the blind see, the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed, the dead are brought back to life again. Jesus is still doing these marvelous works today. In light of all this, we can't do anything but say, thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping your promises. Thank you, Jesus, for caring and loving for us. And thank you, Jesus, for doing exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Let's take a moment to pray. Thank you, Lord, for keeping your promises to heal and restore Thank you for your compassion during these times. We are experiencing right now the coronavirus pandemic. And we thank you, Father, for your care and your compassion toward us. Give us your wisdom, Lord, as we navigate new ways of doing things. We have new ways of communication now and new methods of operation But Lord, we trust in you to keep us, to protect us, to preserve us. Lord, please keep us, protect us, and preserve us, just as you said in your word. We are trusting you, Jesus, to do it. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.